It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Sean, Isaac, Johnny, and Caleb. Listen in as they discuss the 1981 film, The Beyond. Here we return yet again to our little Halloween uh, festivities here, this time covering the second in the Gates of Hell trilogy, The Beyond. For you, Johnny, what do you think of this one? You know what? I was going into it. I was pretty excited because I remember you... Like, first of all, it's called The Beyond. Open-ended name, very obvious Lovecraft reference. I was pretty stoked to see what this movie had to offer. But you know what? First watching, I didn't like it. (laughs) I really didn't like this movie. I felt like there were a lot of, once again with Folky, there were a lot of really cool effects, especially all the stuff to do with, um, like, there's a lot of stuff melting or dissolving in this movie, mm. and it looks really cool and really authentic, and I really like it. And there are, of course, Folky, there's good kills, right? But I felt like, like, City of the, sorry, it's called City of the Living Dead was the first one, right? Yep. Yeah, City of the Living Dead, I felt like there were... Had a lot of the same substances, you know, a lot of cool kills, a lot of good effects, good gore. But I felt like the narrative was, and the characters were a lot more coherent than this one. This one, I kind of just didn't give a shit what was going on. I was just there for the kills, I felt like. Mm. So I felt watching it anyways. Cool set pieces, but it just felt like there was either, not necessarily less substance, it just felt like a lot more confused than the first movie was. Like the first one, it was very much like, find the evil priest, kill the evil priest, bam, bam, bam kind of thing this one it was i don't know it just it, it just felt a lot less compelling and, confu- and more confusing to me personally oh that's fair and uh, i guess how about you sean move on to you next i'm pretty much on the exact same page as johnny um <laughs> oh no <laughs> i love uh, <laughs> i love i'm a gore person like i can take pretty much everything except for some sequences in cannibal holocaust and fair. the brain the brain surgery sequence in Saw 3, that one I, I, I always have to look away. <laughs> but every time someone gets killed here, and, and you know, it's great. It's like for absolutely no reason, somebody's face gets burnt off from a jar of acid that's up on the top of a shelf. <laughs> and she's on the floor for some reason. There's no explanation for any of it. Um I also uh, think I thought this was going to be a different movie. Literally, Damn. another movie. Um, uh, many many years ago, Bravo uh, put on this thing called the you know 100 most scariest movies ever, um, and they did like a countdown, and they had some pretty respectable people on there, like Peter Jackson, Guillermo del Toro, yeah. Eli Roth, and I really enjoyed watching that. And I remember there was this scene, there was a movie. 
where a lady goes into her bedroom and there's this guy just standing there. And when she walks in, he walks across the room. He doesn't go boo. There's no, but it just, and I thought this was that movie, um, oh. but it's not. That that movie is The Sentinel. I had to look it up, uh, but this this is not that movie. There is absolutely no story in this that makes sense. Like, okay, you are given a house with a portal to hell in it. And I do wonder if he planned to make, you know, seven movies about each portal of hell. But it's like after three, he's like, oh, never mind. I don't know. Um, But the zombies are great, but there's just stuff that doesn't make sense. Why is that little girl there? What happens to the little girl? Why do the two of them decide to go and just at the end? Oh, you know what? Let's just walk into hell. And, you know, it looks pretty cool with those dead, naked bodies lying all over the place. And I just, and what's the deal with Martha and Arthur? They came with the house. That means they, I'm assuming they should be in league with the house. At least that it would seem, that's what it seems like at first. But no, they're not. And by the way, <laughs> there is something that happens in this movie that that actually did scare me because somebody does something in this movie that I would never do that people like my dad would do in the name of cleanliness and that's when she sticks her hand in that goddamn bathtub full of the dark water oh I'm like no don't do that and, and then nothing jumps out nothing grabs her yet but she pulls out like a clump full of hair and I'm over here going ah! <laughs> that to me was grosser than like the acid or when Joe the plumber <laughs> gets it. Uh, yeah, uh, kind of fun to watch, um, maybe stoned. Um, but mm. man, I... I'll get back to you on that. Yeah, I uh, I, I don't think that... Uh, I don't think this movie was that good. And, and the little blurb, when you go to Shudder and you select it, it's got like a little blurb, like, oh, a lady moves into a house and this is one of... Fulci's fans' favorite movies, and you know mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino brought it back, and I'm you know I'm glad he did because I like watching movies like this for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't hate it, you know what I mean, but it was fun. Totally, but yeah. So yeah, that's where I stand on it. Isaac, do you wanna do you wanna go next? So I did a thing I kind of shouldn't have done. Uh, I shouldn't have done this, Caleb. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done this, but <clears throat> I spoiled myself for behind the scenes uh explanations and i really shouldn't have so i'm not going to bring any of that up because i know you have all the answers but just i'm telling you right now i do know some of like the reasons behind why these two didn't like the film um but before we go into that i i will say i did enjoy this film this was a enjoyable film for me at least a lot of like you know surreal images uh, but like the, I, I will agree, the plot was loose, uh, looser than like some of his other films he's done. But I want to say that um, I had a little you not know, adventure, but I, I think my age is showing because I am starting <laughs> to forget things. And um, let's just say that either I forgot or misheard the title of this film. So this is the oh, Beyond. No. Not again. And, um, well, no, I watched this full all, full on through. Like, I watched the whole thing through for this. Mm. But, but, this was not the... I had to watch the second. Mm. Because I watched the first film first. 
And that was not THE Beyond, but instead I watched FROM Beyond. Oh, oh fucking hell. This is fantastic. You've finally seen it. <laughs> yes, because oh. halfway through it, I was like, so is this, like, From Beyond, is this Italian at all? Like, I guess <laughs> there is some stuff there, but I'm like, like, I can't wait to talk about this. I, I know, like, Johnny's going to love this as well. Like, oh. <laughs> how is this, like, I, I don't know, I don't feel like this, and then of course I look it up more, and I'm just like, oh, it's the Beyond, whoops, and then I quickly, like, found a place to watch, and I did, um, but, yeah, so I thought that we were watching From Beyond, even though I clearly now remember you said the Beyond, but, and this movie is, like, not available anywhere other than, I guess, Shudder and illegal streaming sites, because I could not find it for the life of me. It was not on the Microsoft Store. It wasn't even on YouTube. His, oh, really? The previous, the City of the Living Dead was on YouTube. Just just, just to, like, just to clear the air, it was on YouTube, and this one was not. Neither was From Beyond. I don't think From Beyond was on uh, YouTube either, which is kind of a little let down, because I wish it would be. Is From Beyond a Lovecraft movie? I think I yep. think that's the Lovecraft reference, yeah, from Beyond. Okay, yeah. all right. That's based on a short story. Same guy who made Reanimator. A lot of the same cast. Oh, okay. Uh, Stuart Gordon. Yep. He he went to my school, and oh. Uh, oh, shit. Jeff. Uh, yeah, Jeff. What's his name? Jeffrey Combs. There you go, Jeffrey Combs. Hey, rock and roll. There you yeah. go. I know him very well as the question. Uh, but anyway, sorry. Yeah, this this film. Um, I think I won't go into much. I will, we'll discuss it more, but I was given a, I'll give it a light feel in it, mostly for imagery. Um, mm. And I'll at least say this, there wasn't any meandering scene where um, once all the cast members or characters like meet up, you have to like, we got to get to the cemetery. We got we to gotta get to the cemetery. We got to find the cemetery. And then they leave the cemetery and the guy just goes, we got to get to the cemetery. I, <laughs> if you've seen our previous commentary, you, you'll know what I'm talking about. There's none of that. So Caleb, uh, I go to you uh, to say, what did you think of uh, the beyond? Oh, I fucking love it. <laughs> fucking love it. Ooh, One of my favorite horror films. <laughs> well, yeah. And I have a mild story with well, this conversation is going to be very interesting. <laughs> yes, it will be. Yeah, no, I think this thing is like a perfect Fulci film. Oh. Perfect in the sense that Fulci... Uh, and Argento did this too. At a certain point, they just started to be like, you know what? Story and coherence is almost a distraction. It's like we're spending all this time trying to tell coherent stories when all we want to do is tell incredible mood pieces. And Argento threw out story when he made Suspiria. A lot of that stuff was just like stream of conscience. And Fulci did the same thing with this. It was just like stream of conscious filmmaking. And all the pieces are there just for mood, really. They don't... None of it really connects. And so, yeah, it is a movie that you kind of have to... In some way, leaves your leave your brain at the door. Uh, but I think his visual spectacle is top-notch in this. I think uh, Fabio Frizzi's score is the real highlight of the movie. I think it's just brilliant. So, so yeah, it is going to be an interesting conversation when I watch it today. I was like, holy fuck, I love this movie, and I, I'm sure the other people aren't going to love it nearly as much as I do. So, <laughs> so I was expecting it, but, but yeah, no. Well, I think we got we got half and half on that, at least, it seems so far. <laughs> convince the other two, or they can convince us that it's a piece of crap. Yeah, I did want to say, uh, just briefly, I also have kind of a, a fond history with it, because uh, when I first moved out of my parents' place on April 1st, 2015, 
I started keeping a movie journal where I'd write down everything that I watched. Uh, and it started with this movie, and I also ended that same journal with it uh, in 2018, December. Huh. So that's why I have a fondness for it, because it just caps off that very distinct period of my life. So Interesting. Um, so I, I guess you just said that, yeah, you just gave the explanation as to, like, what he, why this movie is a little incoherent, eh? Yeah, that's, that's what I think. Um, maybe you know more. I've actually never looked into any of the production or anything like that. I just know from the films that he made previously than this, and then what he went on to make after this. Hmm. Like, he was just, you could feel it in a number of his movies where he was struggling to balance his kind of crazy desires for mood and just out there stories with more coherent stuff you can, especially in his jalos like there's this weird struggle there that he just dropped once he got into supernatural stuff so well i will say that apparently all the zombies were added because of i guess either the producers of the film was like hey put put more zombies in this because around this time zombies were like a big craze you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's zombie mania. Everybody wants to see zombies in their films. And he was not going to originally have any zombies in the film. And all of a sudden, they like just come out. It's like, oh, oh okay. Huh. <laughs> so if anybody wants to understand, or anybody's just like, oh, why are there zombies in this? It's because the producers wanted him to have zombies in it. Yeah, and it works well enough. I mean, yeah, if you go back to the, the story revelation, you know, the dead, the dead walk, when we come to Doomsday, so... So it makes sense that the, the yeah. show up there. The zombies are that distracting. They're not as distracting as the people who walk around with the freaking wafers in their eyes. <laughs> the wafers in their eyes. That's what it looks like. <laughs> no, what it yeah. looks like. <laughs> no, you got a point there. You, you, you certainly got a point. Yeah, there. but like, I want to make a point there because, like, I that, that that that's a good explanation, Caleb. Because yes, I can see how this would be almost a classic of a more of a more surreal centered horror genre but for me it feels like it much like the previous film got got the whole surreal angle from the fact that just what happened was just fucking weird and it seemed to operate in its own logic which is which which i think worked with a more coherent narrative just fine this one it feels like it feels like those pieces are still there but i feel like he's reaching for full surreal and not quite grasping it entirely because when i think mm-hmm. of surreal what the what like crazy moments and in, in horror movies such as the first kill in under the skin where they get where the guy just gets deflated that's mm. surreal sit there and look at this for a minute moment for me with this movie there's a scene where spiders kill a guy it takes them five fucking minutes to do it and the entire time i'm watching it and i'm like yeah well, yeah yes i was like what's your spiders and i'm just sitting there i'm like are these things gonna fucking kill this guy yet? Because he's just lying there. He's just lying there, and they're just slowly advancing on him. And just, and just a few minutes ago, I watched that scene Sean alluded to, where the woman is standing in the room. She screams and is somehow lying on the ground with acid pouring on her face. It is kind of charming in a way, though. It is. 100%. Um, the the scene with the spiders, um, you know, I there's one thing that bothered me, and I really wanted to see a spider eat a guy's tongue, pull the tongue out and eat it. Yeah. Like, Oh, that's so cool. Or pull out pieces of his face. That's, that's awesome to me. That's, you know, let's go get him. Um, but I mean, didn't the guy die when he fell off the ladder? Why do we have to have the spiders? And also it was like nine real spiders and one yeah. fake spider. <laughs> Why are two. you using 
Why are you using the fake spider? Put a real spider in there. Use the fake for the close-ups when he's actually eating, when it's actually eating stuff. Um, I was really glad also to see lots of eye stuff in this. Because oh, Fulci, yeah. he loves his eye stuff. Take a shot every time you see an eye, like a close-up yeah. of the eyes, even if they pop out. Somebody's eyes get get pierced. And I think there's like three of them in here. There's uh, yeah. the, <laughs> the spiders eat the guy's eye. Um, Martha gets impaled with a nail and her eye pops out. And I think Joe the plumber at one point yep. has, yes, an he has an eye, eye out, yeah. Someone digs his eye out. Sorry, one callback though. You mentioned that scene with the guy falling off a ladder. So uh-huh. the, the, the first thing that threw me, the first thing that, that, threw me that threw me was there's that that worker who just randomly falls off a ladder at the beginning. Yes, and yes. It, it, no, no, here's the weirdest part to me was that how is that not gory? It's a Fulci movie. I would expect I would expect that guy to fucking fall off a ladder. Like and land on a thing, get impaled, spit his own fucking eyes out, and have his eyes then then fall back well, into his mouth and choke him to death. It's fucking faulty, you know. Oh yeah, hold on. He doesn't want to shoot his money shot, you know, within the first five minutes of the movie yeah, or ten minutes too. or whatever. True, but like just well, there was no gore at all. Was just actually kind of surprising. Uh, I thought he had like Pretty blood all over his face, and yeah. yeah, blood was coming out of his mouth. But it wasn't that. But you know, it's, a, it's not For it's, some reason. Internal hemorrhaging is possible, um, but. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it felt like a missed opportunity to me. But talking about uh, kind of blowing his uh, gore early on, what about the painter scene when they're just slashing his face with that chain, slashing all over his body? Oh, you mean oh the other painter? That was a pretty fucking good, good <laughs> yeah. like not not quite a money shot, but that's a pretty good shot to have early on too, though, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's just lingering on the suffering as they're putting the nails. Like Fulci does love. Just focusing on human suffering. And I'm like, I wish this was in color. Isn't that sick? <laughs> oh, I like it. In Is the, this yeah. guy's being crucified on the wall? Or, yeah, and I don't know what it was that they splashed him with. Is it white paint? Hot white paint? What is that? Is it acid? I don't know, but I love it. I think it's it's some kind of acid. Like, I'm trying to think. Is the, yeah. This is at what? What's the time period of this again? I can't fucking remember. 1927. Oh, there we go. Uh, they, they had some access to some kind of hydrochloric acid back then, I'm sure. Yeah, they almost look like plaster mixed with it or something. Something that cakes over him. So then we see him later. True. There are little things in this that I truly appreciate. Like when Joe the plumber, which I just <laughs> inwardly laugh at myself for saying. <laughs> um, but uh, Joe the plumber, when he when his body is found... We just don't have his mangled face to see. Yes. It's, there's like, there's like sputum pouring out of his mouth. And I'm like, yeah, cool. That's awesome. And I think he comes back to life later on, but there's a couple other zombies that look just like him. So that confused me a little, but whatever. (laughs) So it apparently was quicklime. Oh, oh, quicklime. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know if it was quick lime, but like it was, you know, I obviously in the movie it was, but I don't know if that's what they actually oh. poured on his face. Like, in oh, life. yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Well, what I was going to comment about Joe the plumber, that's such a fucking weird character. I mean, the first thing he does when he shows up is lights up a cigarette in a stranger's house. And he's clearly got some weird relationship with the housekeepers. Like, they're like, is Joe here? And... He has that weird scene when she walks up to him in the tunnel and he's like, hello, Martha. 
Yeah, some strange dynamic that's never explained. Uh, Blackest Heart Media graphic novel released in 1999 expands upon the backstories of the characters. In particular, jo Plumber Joe is a child monster who is also carrying an affair with Martha. Also, Liz's backstory is explained as well. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's Here. great to know. Oh, wow. Huh. Okay. Yikes. I'm glad he met his eye gouging end because, yeah, what a creep. Yeah. But maybe that explains why Arthur's such a fucking weird character, too. Definitely don't get that guy. Yeah, and and that's that's a thing for for you, Isaac, saying that maybe I have some exclama exclamations for this. I really don't. I okay, fair enough. I'm very much mystified by the plot, but at the same time, I don't even try to necessarily connect the plot because I don't think it really matters for the experience. Part of this film obviously had like a loose, like loose in a very loose def definition, of course, of the term based on uh, our good old uh, Howard. I forget. Howard Phillips. I forget. Phillips, thank you. Good old Howard, Howard Phillips L. And then Clark Ashton Smith. Huh. Uh, I assume you know who that is, Johnny. Yeah, he, he was, I believe, a horror writer who was also one of Lovecraft's inner circle, along with like Frank Long, August Derleth, those, a lot of those more Cthulhu Mythos style writers. There you go. Thank you. Hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, very. Um, there's a scene uh, there, you know, there's a scene between the two doctors. There's the main doctor. I don't know his name. I just call him the doctor. And he's got that mustachioed doctor assistant type. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Who dies with glass. Mm. Yeah. He, yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he, he hooks one of the dead bodies up to a brain scan machine. It's like, <laughs> I don't think you're going to get much with that. I, you know, I think that's a futile experiment. And also, if you go to a hospital, folks, don't go where there's a sign that says no entry or employees only, no entry. The sign had broken English, by the way. But, uh, you know, don't do that because it's, nothing's good. Gonna, nothing good's going to come of it. And don't try to dress up your dead husband in his funeral clothes yourself. They have professionals for that. Oh, jeez. And most importantly, if you see a if you see a glass with some with some kind of weird with some weird liquid in it, if it starts tipping over, don't scream and then dive underneath it face first. <laughs> Which I seriously thought was just water. Like it looked I know it was obviously like after now that you guys say it was acid it makes sense, but it just looked like water to me. Maybe she was like, oh, water, I'm parched. Let me get underneath this. <laughs> but you know what? I, I want it to get to me indirectly, so I'm, I'm going to close my eyes and my mouth and just let it fall in my face. And I do love that scene. I, it's it's completely baffling. I don't get it's all right. yeah. his ass and chasing after like, her. Like, like, I love but... the sorry. I love the tide of like foamy blood we get from that, chasing the daughter around the room. I do like that. Yes. It goes yes. on for a fuck too long, but I like that. Oh, I'll take it. I'm, I'm just happy to listen to that music forever. Mm, so I'm, I'm completely into it. Um, but I wanted to mention, because Joe the Plumber just pulled up, and he's got a license plate that says, Jesus Christ is the answer. <laughs> I saw that too. Oh, yeah. funny. I didn't even see that. That's hilarious. Jesus Christ. Oh, but I also wanted to mention that uh, the other corner that you mentioned, though, with the uh, the blonde hair and the, the mustache. Did you recognize him, Isaac, from uh, uh, Zombie 2? So apparently the, the, one of the other cast members from Zombie 2 was supposed to be in this. Oh, hmm. yeah. Uh, what's her freaking name? Hang on a second. Uh, Tisa Farrow uh, was supposed to be in the... He, he wanted her to be in the lead, but apparently she had left acting by that point. 
Oh, oh, that's interesting. Wow. I yeah. believe that is Mia Farrow's sister. Yep. She was in something else, one of these other movies, and I remember I heard it was Joe Bob Briggs that I learned it from. That that's Mia Farrow's <laughs> sister. I think maybe she was in Cannibal Holocaust. Meh, something else she was in. These films are all tied to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't think she was in that one. But yeah, I, I know she popped up in a, a one or two things, but. But what I did re- re- recognize was the obviously our returning lead from the previous film, although obviously yeah. not the same character. But this time, a woman who has from the Big Apple going to the Big Easy, which I assume was filmed on site, because if cool. I, 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 that ain't an Italian countryside, I'll tell you that much. That really does look like it's Louisiana. But yeah, she's inherited this uh, this house from her uncle, was it? Yes. Yeah, hotel. Hotel. Sorry. Thank you from her uncle and is trying to spruce it up trying to make it way better and you know bring it back to the make it established um piece of i don't know whatever and (laughs) weird stuff starts happening when the well actually yeah why why now uh what was the reason for that again like why why all of a sudden like in 1981 just because you know the plot (laughs) Um, I mean, it could have some connection to Joe the Plumber breaking down those walls and, like, exposing his hidden area. Oh, yes. He, yeah, he, he opened it up for the world because the first thing that happens then is a hand reaches out him. And, I mean, yeah. it's safe to assume that hand has been there for a while. Yeah, that was a great jump scare, by the way. Oh, excellent. Really yes. enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and, by the way, uh, houses in Louisiana do not have basements. That's why they bury their dead above ground. Mm, huh. Yes, because... Because if when it floods in Louisiana, uh, everything tends to oh I don't know just up and leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> carried by the water. So interesting. Take take that the beyond, and also the the <laughs> Texas the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake where they have a basement. No one in Texas has a basement, but uh, yeah. You're a phony, big fat phony. <laughs> <laughs> but the irony is, the reason they don't have basements in Louisiana is the very reason. Is the, the reason it's what we see in this movie because they would always flood. And you know, after Joe the plumber has his accident, accident. You know, if my if my basement was two feet in water, I'd be like, maybe we should call another plumber. Nah. We'll just walk around the house with a kerosene lamp. And by the way, we won't dust either. Ay, ay, ay. Hydrogen sulfide? What's that? <laughs> yeah, for you, Sean, uh, did this movie at all remind you of Inferno? The second in the, uh, I guess, Three Mothers trilogy? Oh, man. Is that the one where she finds the thing in the basement? Yes, it did. Yeah, there's like a big yeah, flooded basement where she like swims around. Yeah. But also... Uh, yeah, this one takes place in a hotel, that one takes place in an apartment, and they're both kind of sequels that inform the previous one in a way, like, they're both kind of, the first one wasn't meant to be part of a trilogy, and then you get to the second one, and it's like, oh, there's all these three mothers, it wasn't just that one, and this one yeah. was, oh, there's the seven gates of hell. I, I don't know. There's a real similarity between them. Speaking of Argento, I, I'm stuck at Phenomena, I just can't finish it. I'll watch it for 20 minutes and I'll turn it off. Something else has come up. And I, yeah, I, that is a tough one. That is a really tough one. Quite the moral yeah. dilemma there. And it only goes downhill from there. So It gets worth it when you get to near the, the third act. The third act just, I don't know if Argento just went on a bender or started taking hallucinogens or something, but it just starts going crazy. 
Jennifer Connelly's first movie, if anybody's interested in watching that. Hmm. It's not yeah. Labyrinth. It's Dario Argento's Phenomena. Do, 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 do. Huh. Yeah, Donald Pleasant. He's in there. And do, 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 do. A very weird monkey. Phenomena. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not even labyrinth what are you talking about <laughs> um actually technically things start popping up and things start happening in the plot a little before um joe the plumber uh reawakens the dead or opens the gates of hell when um uh when we first see the mm. uh, wafer girl in the window when the guy falls down or the, the painter falls down onto the um, from the scaffolding to the ground. That's technically what starts it, but I'm like, is it is that where like everything starts, or is it the Joe the Palmer thing? Because that happens before he opens the gates of hell. Hmm. Okay. Okay. You know what? It's possible that Joe the Plumber is the one the one who fucks up and opens the gates of hell. But it's also possible that house was just always haunted. Yeah, that's fair. Can I just say, by the way, this is the best haunted mansion adaptation ever <laughs> no it's not <laughs> you know I, I i wouldn't mind doing the eddie murphy one for this channel at some point oh i wouldn't boy. mind either Let's we go. discussed we discussed uh doing based on rides movies wait because that, that's a that, that, that's a dumb but fun movie i don't care what anyone else says <laughs> all right well we're watching tomorrowland then even though it's an entire like section of a theme park oh boy wait a minute tomorrowland is there's escape from tomorrowland yeah, Tomorrowland with uh, George Clooney. <gasps> oh, that's right! Yes! Yeah, wow. You don't need to call me for that one. Please don't consider me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and there's, there's Mission to Mars as well. There he goes, falling off the ladder, and here comes the horde of country bears. fucking slow spiders. There's a Country Bears Jamboree movie? Oh, yes. Oh, my oh, goodness. God. There was oh. the Country Bears. I forgot about that. Jesus what? It came out in, like, 2006. It was terrible. Do we have to technically do Song of the South because of the fact that... Um, if we can find it. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, see, that's, that's easy. What are you talking about? <laughs> I can find that easily. Disney doesn't want to see it. Listen, if the Star Wars Holiday Special is, like, easy to find, then, like, so is Song of the South. <laughs> Oh, but um, I also wanted to uh, discuss Emily, potentially the oh, most yes. baffling character. Character yes. that I don't understand at all. But yeah, I don't. I didn't like her. I feel except for one thing. I didn't like her because I feel like that's a trope, like mm. the blind seer. Uh, yeah. Like in, I, I'm thinking of. Um, there's another like Giallo or Italian movie where they have it, but I know. I'm thinking of Don't Look Now. Um, and I do like the fact that bef right before she dies, she's like, please don't take me back. I don't want to go back. Mm -hmm. I'm like, ah, so she's or she used to be a bad guy type of thing. Mm -hmm. And then they possess her dog. So the dog is the one that takes her out. Just like in Suspiria, if somebody has a dog in a horror movie, yep. you better not. Don't get too attached to the dog. Yeah. Oh, I was definitely thinking Suspiria. It's like the exact same thing, even. Yeah. yeah if they have a... Like, there's that... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> a dog, cat, rabbit, forget about it. Don't be thinking... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Didn't die this time, though, thankfully. <laughs> I was going to say, it's also a blind person, Suspiria, and they're kind of terrified, and they're like, oh, dog, like, protect me. And then once it seems like they're safe, then the dog turns around and bites them in the neck exactly like that. Yeah. So, yeah. so well, definitely a little bit of a ripoff on Fulci's part. Caleb, 
satisfy my curiosity is Emily, you know, the first wafer girl we see. Um, Can't believe I was she, well, not the first wafer, yeah. Wafer uh, Did we... Is she the one at the very beginning talking about the book of she is. Uh, Ebon? Or Ebon, I think it's called? Yeah, Ebon, I think. Ebon, okay. Yeah, we see her reading it, and it lights on fire and, like, burns her face. And then the movie begins on that burning. Like, the credits begin. Oh, that's her at the beginning? Yeah. Oh, I'm an idiot. I didn't even make that connection. Okay, so she's somewhat, she's somehow immortal, or at least hasn't died because she hasn't aged at all, other than having wafer eyes. Yeah, and again, I don't, I don't fully get what her purpose was supposed to be, but she does have the. She was clearly in the hellscape, and when the gates were opened, she was allowed to roam free, to do something. But it's never once <laughs> stated what it was supposed to be, and. She's clearly not doing what she's supposed to do by telling uh, Katrina McCall about the uh, Gates of Hell. I don't think she's supposed to do that. She's a renegade. That's what she is. So w- what I can, I, I agree. She is, she, she's a mixed bag, but what, what I can gather just kind of with, with cues from the movie is that, I mean, first of all, it's established that to acquire wafers in one's irises, one has to see some pretty fucked up shit. So, mm. so for her, to, so for her, for her to have acquired it, because of course you know it happens to the girl. I forgot her name. Forgot her name. It happens to the girl after seeing her mom get get acid faced, and then so it's so what I'm thinking is maybe she saw something fucked up, you know, maybe she like watched someone die or she summoned something by accident and watched something fucked up happen, and then she had a debt she had to repay, you know, that kind of thing, you know. Mm. But then she she ends up not carrying it away, like like you know not following through with it, and then pays for it in the end, right? That's what I think. Hmm. I think she read the book, the equivalent to the Necronomicon. Yeah, no, that's what we see. Her oh, doing. good call. Yeah. Good call. Uh, actually, it's actually an it is a Lovecraft thing, but according that- to this, uh, it's a grimoire. I don't know. If I'm pronouncing that right. It's a book of spells, basically, mm. by the magician Ibon of Muthalan. Oh, that's Lovecraftian and- as fuck. That sounds Lovecraftian as <laughs> flip. Yeah, uh, so that was stolen directly from Lovecraft. Lifted, probably, but you make oh. a point. Okay, that makes sense. So that makes sense. So she gets wafer eyes from looking at the book, or the tome, excuse me. And then... And if... Yeah. You, you ever play Call of Cthulhu? Oh, boy. You just opened a can of worms. Oh, why? Okay. Yeah, when, are we, uh, when are we starting our game, Sean? I know, I know. I gotta get it together. <laughs> Uh, in in Cthulhu, every time you read one of those books, you have to do like a sanity check. That's right. You're going to go and say, I'm just saying, that's, that's you know, kind of lines up here. And also, and I mean, hell, in Call of Cthulhu, if you see a certain symbol on the wall, you got to roll a fucking sanity check. Yeah. And there's a certain symbol on the wall that appears in this game. It kind of reminds me of the yellow sign, but... I was going to say, is that a is that a Lovecraft thing? Or is that a love, was that a Lovecraft symbol? Uh, no. Not, not, not one that I, can, that I know of. Like, you know, there are in a lot of those stories, there are a lot of descriptions of symbols, so I can't. So maybe he had yeah. more than I remember. I don't know. Oh, I did want to comment for Emily. I really love her little piano score that they do, and I like that she actually plays it on the piano. I think that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I think so. But I think her piece music's really, really good. But then it's also a self-playing piano at the same time, like right towards when all the uh, demons of hell show up for her. Well, I think. I think that was supposed to be like they're almost mocking her. Okay. And she gets all spooked, like, "Holy fuck, I'm not alone in here." So. Hmm. 
But yeah, and I, I do like that scene when they're all like surrounding her. I think all the practical effects look pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, that, yeah. that was good. Yeah, one thing you cannot deny about this movie is how like good it looks uh, and how practical everything is. Oh, 100 percent. Like, like, like he he does a very good, just like all the various decrepit houses they end up in. Hmm. It is like it looks like a lot of care was put in the environments and put in the, it, like you know, put into the rooms and all that, and they, like like just like where it's believable that it's a really fucked up decrepit house. I don't know. Like, like I feel, I feel like if, so, if you gave someone that task, they, they'd be pretty prone to just like, you know, walk into a house, break a few things and throw some shit everywhere and call it a day. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. No. Yeah. I definitely love the setting of the house. I even like the setting of the, uh, the hospital. I think that all looks mm. pretty cool. It's very, it's very clinical and very, very white. So when the blood shows up, it stands out even more. Yep. Classic horror move. Oh, but there was a scene in the uh, the hotel. It's when um, Emily first, uh, I guess not sees, but like detects the the paintings are returned. She reaches over and touches it, and then like right behind her hands is where that bell was for the different rooms, and it does like a quick rack focus from her hands up to the the bell thing. I thought that was really cool, and I was like, oh, that's clever then to to place that there. Um, but I really like that we open the movie with that. Uh, that painting of the hellscape. I think that's really cool. Yeah, the paintings are really cool in this. Yeah. The painting itself, uh, Fulci said the corpse-laden gray wasteland, the, the painting, might be how the afterlife would appear to an atheist. I'm like, okay, huh. words. All right, wow, okay. I mean, <laughs> honestly, though, I would love to see that painting like hung up in a museum. Like, I think it's that good. It belongs in a museum. You know, I'd like to have that on my wall. <laughs> I would too. Same. Oh my gosh. And I love when they, they finally get to it. I mean, maybe that's going to the end too soon, but when they just go down the hospital stairs and then they walk out and then they're there. Yeah, that, that was cool. And they just look over back and forth like three times <laughs> expecting it to change. I thought that was just fantastic. I love seeing it there realized in uh, live action. That, that was really cool. And there was a bathtub scene reaching into the black shit. Have oh, you seen that one now? Yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I really like that scene too. That's a scene where we get, uh, I think it's a third eye gouge. Like, yeah, we talked a little bit in the last one how Fulci has an obsession with eyes. And I, I think this is probably his most extreme in the, the eye violence. Um, but I think that the uh, when he grabs her head and pushes it through the nail, I think that's the coolest one. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> See the eye just sticking on the end. That's so great. <laughs> it's it's just not clear to me who those people are. Arthur and Martha, which mm-hmm. I automatically want to say Arthur and Martha. Arthur and Martha. <laughs> Martha and Arthur. You know, what happens to Arthur? How does he die? Because like one second we see like he's going to stop up the hole and then all of a sudden he's in the water and he reaches out and he tries to grab Liza. What happened there? I don't understand. Like, and I thought they were attached to the house. I thought that they were like Billy Whitelaw in the Yeoman. You know, like she is, she's like the kid's protect, protector. I got the impression that they, that's what they were, except for the house. Not that the house needed protection. I mean, shit. I mean, yeah. Look at everything it did. Yeah, no, I've got, I've got no clue. That's an element that never made sense. I kind of wondered if it was almost just like a reference to like, gothic novels like oh we have these people who are attached to the house and they don't like the new owners and they're kind of 
they got some mysterious history that we don't know that they could unravel but then they don't because they just die so so i almost feel like yeah it, i can accept it as more of just a reference but it doesn't really make any sense yeah it's definitely a gothic horror trope like you know freaking haunting of hill house the housekeeper she just like she's like 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 she only says one line the entire book yeah it's fine and, it, and yeah. it's weird like 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 it's creepy it's just so but, but like i can see where i got that from it yeah i don't really think it adds a lot to the plot either mm. no it definitely doesn't it's just more it's just kind of and like, and, and like and that's my thing with this movie it feels like it feels it feels like and don't fall, don't follow your first emotions when I'm gonna when, when I say this please give it a minute to sink in. It feels kind of <laughs> like a Shyamalan film. I was not expecting you to go there, but I should have. What I mean that. is that if you watch a Shyamalan film, especially The Visit, which I, a movie I actually enjoy quite a bit, and you see, you almost especially in his latter era, you know, after the you know well the the good ones. Um, you start the movies kind of resemble a shotgun blast in the sense that you can tell he it feels like he wrote it kind of first draft and just literally kind of straight of consciousness it in that there are, I think I mentioned this in the happening review too in that there's the obvious story and the obvious symbolism he decided he was going to follow for the course of that movie and he focused on those ones but there's also all this other really random kind of cool shit scattered throughout. And while it doesn't really contribute much to the narrative, other than maybe adding atmosphere or or just to get a reaction or mood, it's a lot of really cool ideas that weren't really fully realized. And so, so they all just feel the movies feel like they have a ton of dead ends, <laughs> despite having like a complete story. With this one, I mean, yeah, not so, I guess there's, there's kind of a story. I mean, it's, it's not, like you're saying, it's not as important, but it just feels like. There were a lot of ideas and a lot of things going on where Fulci could have directed his focus, but it, but it, before kind of choosing a direction for the film, but he left all those little threads hanging. And whether that was intentional or not, if you view it as a surreal movie, I can see why that would work better. But for a plot, it just feels like there's a yeah. lot of things that are kind of aren't explained, unanswered. And are kind of like dead ends, and not in a way that that Lovecraft would use for horror. You know what what you don't know. That's my thought. Yeah, and it's not a real. It's definitely not a real surrealist piece because there's, Fulci was not thinking about double meanings or things like that. Yeah, fair. he just wanted to create a, a great mood piece, and yeah, didn't care about the plot or the characters. Hmm. Like even, even City of the Living Dead, I think has more interesting characters than this. Yes. We have that kind of asshole doctor and then a super bland lead who i don't know anything about at all yeah. except that she's just here running this hotel or trying to start running it. oh yeah and also thanks for thanks for pointing out the doctor i said you, you look at his face and you go scumbag yeah he he just yeah he looks like an asshole he's really brash with everybody yeah he's just kind of unpleasant <laughs> but yeah the first one i know what you mean the characters were a lot more distinctive yeah but i think in terms of putting the focus like into just the filmmaking side of things in terms of the camera angles in terms of the extreme gore like Fulci always really tried to push the gore as much as he could but this one he was just lingering on everything is <laughs> just forever yeah and all the like the kill scenes were clearly the ones that he cared about the most yes so oh, I yeah. think all that stuff just excels massively compared oh to me it. too yeah i loved it i love that kind of stuff uh i'm watching the spider scene right now and it's so cool <laughs> it's just like 
you know, for gore fans, like, okay, there's going to be the scene where this guy is paralyzed on the floor and the spiders are going to come out and they're going to eat his face and there's going to be blood. And it's, yeah, love it. I love that we see his eyes just looking down because he can't move, but he can see them coming. Yeah. yeah. Then they just pull out his fucking eye. <laughs> then tear off the side of his nose. Just Fulci's just obsessed. Oh, and the music that's playing during that scene, that's been my uh, my ringtone to my phone for the past seven years. <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow. Really? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just, I can't stress enough how much the score to this movie just, like that, that's, it's like half of my enjoyment to the movie is just listening to the, the music by... Fabio Frizzi, I think it's just so great. Hmm. But Isaac, what do you think of the the music? By the way, I was curious. So yeah, that's no, fine. Uh, I like the music. I think there was an opening, man, the opening. But I, I thought I heard a, a similar melody or, or tune that was in City of the Living Dead. Am I wrong on that? Because it, it felt like it was like it, it was there. I was like, hey, is that what I think it is? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he was making them all with kind of the same instruments and the same people, kind of working with them. So wouldn't be surprised it's just it just baffles me how recognizable and distinct like this soundtrack i can remember whereas like most movie soundtracks and scores nowadays you just can't remember unless they really like try like dude what what was he doing like what what, especially since like these are almost uh, and i assume the third one we're gonna do is probably similar as well like they're all similar scores and yet they all at least to me sound distinct and different hmm. like what is how did he do i guess that's just like how good of a composer he is and how like creative and different he was able to be between these movies especially since both these films are again like either surreal uh or absurd hmm. yeah and i think it i think part of it was great competition like we had the Ennio marconi working in horror at the time we had um the goblin people working in horror and then fabio frizzi and I feel like they were all competing to get the jobs from each other because they're all working in the same realm, working with the same people. Also important to keep in mind is that I think people really recognize the, uh, I think it was really fully realized in the States with a very effective horror soundtrack or effective music with Halloween in 78 because of that. I mean, that Michael yeah. Myers theme, enough said. <laughs> so, so there was sufficient competition across the, across the marketplace, I guess, to get solid, solid music. Yeah, and there's some other cool little slashers that are kind of forgotten now that had really cool uh, scores. Mm-hmm. I think the the music for the Beyond, or not the Beyond, the music for the Burning, is a, a really great little horror score that doesn't get talked about enough, in my opinion. Hmm. Sean, have you seen the the Burning, by the way? I have not. No. Oh, uh, Sean. <laughs> uh, I've never seen the whole thing all the way through. It's on Shutter, and I know it it's. Okay. I'll watch it. Yeah. It's uh, isn't that the one about the the camp counselor or camp janitor who gets burned by the 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 crazy kids and he comes back to uh, exact his revenge? <laughs> well, I don't want to give any spoilers about the plot necessarily, but I but it is a really cool little slasher. Okay. And George Costanza is in there, by the way. He is. Uh, yeah. Jason Alexander is a young man with hair. Yeah. Yeah, playing a uh, yeah surprising character for him but yeah really cool little slasher definitely recommend that one oh cool um but now where else do we have to go here i know exactly where i'm gonna go so it's the hospital scene like the final hospital scene not the final final but like the penultimate scene in the hospital and we have something that i knew either johnny was gonna get a little like miffed at and i certainly like took 
took ire to it of uh, the fact that the D-bag doctor um, has a revolver. And I don't know if it's like that, but I, 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 do my, I do my counting gag, not gag, I do my counting uh, of shots because I'm pretty sure that I could only hold six shots. And I counted six and then he kept firing. I'm like, seven, eight. And then he runs out. I'm like, what's going on here? And then again, <laughs> he just does it again. I'm like, okay. Exactly. Yeah, you don't even need to bother counting. He runs out. And then the next scene, he's shooting again. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire 38 shots or only five? Like, what the fuck is this Resident Evil? Did you literally just reload your, your gun out, you know, off camera? To be fair, I'm pretty sure in the fil- two films that we've seen, there hasn't been any like unlimited ammo in, that, in those films. <laughs> oh, God. It's... I think. No, one of the zombies boiled down, and underneath it was some, some ammo for him. So he grabbed that. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, when do you think he was going to get it that you have to shoot him in the head? Uh, because oh, I know. <laughs> at one point, I th- I'm like, okay, he gets it now. He's got to shoot him in the head. And then one gets up at him, close range. What does he do? He shoots it in the chest and the stomach. Like, you don't shoot zombies in the stomach. The shoot it in that? the head. That's, that's when he runs out because he goes to shoot it in the head and click, click, click. Yeah. No ammo. I mean, if you want to make a crawler Call of Duty style, well, then shoot them in the knee or the legs. Like, take off their knees and they become a crawler, which is way slower. And then you can do the zombie train and, like, you know, get multiple headshots. But also, most important thing, most important rule he forgot involving zombies, save one bullet. There you go. Yeah, that's right. Especially when you got unlimited ammo. You might as well fucking save one. Yeah, you think that. Well... So did any of you see what he did in the uh, in the elevator? By the way, no, no. So I I noticed this and I was like, did I just did I just see that right? And then I looked on the TV tropes there, and apparently the the actor himself, um, I guess he knew that he was firing you know a weapon without reloading. So apparently he took like he quickly in the um, in the elevator he like improv this scene he grabbed like into his pocket and then like took a like a fake bullet out or whatever an imaginary bullet out and he loaded the gun but he loaded it by putting it down the barrel of the gun oh no he did not oh. <laughs> really I, I, I can't believe i didn't catch that and i even noticed that i was like this is not a musket he did not <laughs> just do that like he did not just do that and apparently his co-star like had to lie like she apparently smirked when she did when he did that i'm like so no way that's sweet he's he's not from texas for sure must be one of their muzzle loading revolvers (laughs) no he's not apparently he's from he's a kiwi so oh okay yeah okay (laughs) so i thought that was just hilarious of the whole like it wasn't the zombies that made me feel like you know made me call out the movie for being unrealistic. No, it was like the bullets that just bottomless magazine. I'm like, what's what's going on here? Also, Caleb, did you know uh, the librarian when she or the library owner was the librarian or the librarian owner? I don't remember who it was, but I know for a fact that who was it? Um, the light, yeah. So, okay, so the librarian guy right before the spider killer is apparently the director. Yeah, playing the town clerk. Yeah, that's Fulci, not wearing his glasses. Oh, really? Okay, that's cool. Wait, the library. Oh, okay, the library. Okay, all right. 
because there's a bookstore guy too. Yeah, I thought, I thought of him first too. Yeah, I wrote in my notes town clerk because yeah, I thought you guys might get confused with the library. Yeah, the guy at the bookstore. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> I I didn't know we, either if he was the yeah he was either the the clerk that was helping that guy out, the spider kill guy out or it was the li- or the the bookstore owner the bookshop owner excuse me. Hmm. Yeah, see that's not that's not an authority figure enough. Fulci always likes to play some sort of a f- authority figure. Hmm. So just hmm. working at the bookstore wouldn't be enough for him. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I got the feel. So the, this one scene where they're, where you know they run out of the basement and then you see the zombies like just appearing and walking around in the house. That's fucking cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I think that's just awesome. Yeah, they leave. The lights start turning on. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think from I think from the scene before that when they're down in the basement and he says like the seven gates of hell, and like the blood starts like raining on them. I think. Mm. The kicks into gear from then on and okay it doesn't stop until the end <laughs> I, I you know i like the zombies too i mean um he could have just copied like dawn of the dead or something instead the zombies are actually really they look like well they are real people but they look like like i think zombies should be like voodoo zombies as opposed to flesh eaters that you know have caught in some sort of virus and the only thing is, is that I'm like, and this is a, a horror movie trope, guys, I think you can definitely outrun these things because they're <laughs> so fucking slow. Just walk quickly. Um, yeah, that's what I like with the uh, the zombie scene there. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's got his little gun. He's getting all cocky like he doesn't give a fuck. And the next thing you know, he runs out of bullets and he realizes he's just completely surrounded. <laughs> you and he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so that's what's fun about the yeah, super duper slow zombies. They kind of you don't expect them that way yeah I, I i really like these italian zombies they're uh they're 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 real fun <laughs> i don't know what that means but we had them in the last movie too um so they escape the hospital well not the hospital but the bad room the you know the zombies in the hospital and they've got the girl with them and then she just disappears what, what happens to the girl did i look down at something and miss something oh, did you miss it I hope our, our I think Oh you did miss it. Oh I did gosh. miss it. Did, oh god. It's a great moment. <laughs> it's like it it, it, it puts out uh, Assault on Precinct thirteen for like shock. Oh yeah, it's one of the great headshots. Yeah, she she turns around and like like she grabs uh I always forget the, the female character's name in this. It, it's her character so Liza. Liza, thank you. Eliza, yeah, thank you. Like grabs onto her and he notices her. He just shoots off like the top of her face, like her jaw's still there in the back of her head. It just looks fantastic. It was boom, the definition of boom headshot. Like I'm <laughs> talking like literally like high pressure blood goes everywhere. I'm like, dang. Yeah, then she's still just standing there for a second with just like her head blown half off. Looks great. <laughs> Yeah, solid. Oh, I did lose. I did miss something. Yeah, wow. he's a he's taking names, man. This guy is. Oh man, this guy is. This guy is. He's onto something, man. Holy smokes. Yeah, and I think the painter zombie, for whatever reason, in that really crisp. Uh, Which guy? Who? Oh, uh, John the uh, the doctor. Asshole oh, doctor. okay. All right. Yeah, I think for whatever reason, the painter zombie looks the best in that scene, just in this really crisp setting. For whatever reason, he looks. Uh, his makeup just works really well there. Oh my goodness! I also want to like call it stupidity on like the characters of like they go inside that um, what was that room that had the lady get like you know sloshed by all those by that acid 
Um, what do they call it? It's like an autopsy room or something. It's a morgue almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you. The autopsy room. I was like, you idiots. Why are you going in there? I know this is like every, every horror movie, but why are you going into a room that has corpses <laughs> when you're running from zombies? What is That's this? Fair. Yeah, fair. and they don't react to that. I'm like, what the fuck? Come on. Again, zombie movie. What, what, what should I expect? I do love, though, when they run around the corner and the next thing you know, you can see that they're going down the stairs of the basement. I just think that's like a great, like, jarring moment. I never expect it for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, and uh, Sean, I'll agree with you. This, these zombies in this movie, like, you watch them, they're almost like you know, eyes closed, head hung, and they're kind of like they're in a daze almost. It's really yeah. interesting. It's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. like either, yeah, there's a couple different ways to interpret that, but it's just, it's just very, it's such a difference from either, because the, even the sl- slow zombies typically. You know they're kind of lunging for their target, and they and they walk and they move like it, right? So it's almost like they're just they're just kind of marching aimlessly rather than with some kind of deliberate goal in mind, which is fascinating. Yeah, and, and these zombies, they don't eat people because if they get hold of you, like they did with Martha, the the, the bathtub zombie, they just yeah. kill you in bizarre ways, or they just strangle you, or whatever, mm-hmm. and. I like that. That's actually kind of cool and refreshing because they shouldn't be any threat yet. Yet they are. They're terrifying. Yeah. So. <laughs> Although I will say one thing, which is kind of a missed opportunity, but he did this as zombie too, I believe, which is mm. we're in Louisiana, which you said, and you mentioned, although you didn't mention this directly, but you mentioned hoodoo. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you missed an opportunity to do voodoo zombies. I'm like, oh man, like you know, a rare, rare zombie type we rarely see these days. Yeah, I think voodoo is tired. I I I think that voodoo is almost like, oh, I don't know. It it you know, I just yeah, guys ever watch American Horror Story? Like, was it the third season? Coming, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I really enjoyed it up until they got to the voodoo stuff. That stuff I didn't. Appreciate. It. I never liked Serpent in the Rainbow, although it's oh, been a minute. Wow, it's been a it. minute. Maybe I should watch it again. But yeah, I really like that. I, I, uh, voodoo, whatever. Tired. I, I, I don't know. I know that's where zombies originated. I mean, the first zombie movie, uh, I think it was White Zombie, where they had it was a voodoo zombie. It was a you know a guy mm-hmm. brought back from the dead. And, and they can do this with certain drugs and chemicals, supposedly. That just, it, for some reason, it just doesn't excite me. Um, it's, it's, it's very, I know what it is. It's like, oh, we get this uh, dead snake and we're going to mix it with some dirt that we dug up from the graveyard. And then we're going to add this and we're going to make a potion out of it. And it's it just, it's two Dungeons and Dragons or something. For How me. dare you, sir? Wait, hold on, hold on. Not that it, not that I don't like Dungeons and Dragons. I know you don't. I'm just kidding. Uh, but it's just like it does. I don't know. It just seems out of place or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's why I really like uh, how they do it in Zombie Two, because we never know the origins of the zombie, but we know mm-hmm. that it was of some voodoo nature. Because the people on the island are all like, "Oh crap! It's you know it's something." The evils come back, and they're always playing their drums in the background, trying to ward off the spirits. Yeah, but I think in that way it works because yeah, we don't get the snake. the keyword. The keyword there, Caleb, is always. You should underline that. Put it in red. <laughs> underline it three times. The drums are always going on in that movie. No, yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, 
if I can interject here really quick about the voodoo zombies, you know, you know, I feel like it's interesting how the, you, you look how zombies first started. I think I, I think white zombie and like the original Light of Living Dead, they were like around the same time, weren't they? Like nineteen like, fifty. Like no, thirty years difference. Yeah, there's like thirty years between. Really? Them. Yeah. Yeah, White Zombie had Bela Lugosi. It was in the 30s. Oh, that's old. Night of the Living Dead came out in 1968. Yeah. Um, oh, interesting. So what we have now is mostly more Romero and less White Zombie. Yeah. So Romero is really the, the true founder of zombies. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, like I'm thinking like in terms of zombies, like I feel like we need – I think we might – it'd be kind of cool if we went back to voodoo zombies because a lot of that's the zombies right now – I think The Walking Dead – kind of took that further than any of us thought we would kind of see a show about zombies on the air. But now that put like the slow zombies back in the, back in the, you know, like a limelight opposed to because for so long we had, we we had day, we we had 28 days later, we had the infected, right? And the infected was kind of, it felt like that was kind of the kind of zombie everyone recognized. The walking dead brought the more traditional one back. And now I think because we've done, there's so many zombie movies, you know. There are so many like, oh, a virus, oh, an infection, oh, a government task, Re- Resident Evil. That I think the voodoo zombies and angle we just haven't seen that much lately, and haven't seen it in a while. So maybe it'd be kind of fun, fun, especially now that like it's, it seems it seems like 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 becoming aware of other, actually aware of other cultures is kind of becoming more mainstream. It could be really interesting seeing like a voodoo expert like contribute to a horror movie. You know, I think it'd be a cool switch up. Although to be fair, at least my brief knowledge or not knowledge, my brief research on like hoodoo and voodoo, it's not so much they're raising the dead more like I think it was possession. Uh like yeah. they, they would do like certain rituals. Uh and I don't know if it was necromancy is more again, it was just like possession over somebody and they yeah. looked very like kind of lo- lo- I mean, yeah, kind of. Where they like they aren't themselves anymore, they're just like a puppet from the person and they act very like ghoulish i mean again there's that and then there's that whole thing of like what's the difference between like a ghoul and a zombie yeah so oh yeah of course big, big difference by the way um yeah just want to add a few things so as i'm watching this i saw yeah isaac he, he totally fucking puts the bullet in the end of the revolver if you weren't looking for it you'd miss it it's pretty fucking I know. funny I, I didn't even try to look at it i wasn't even looking for it i just noticed it i was because he finally like reached into his pocket i'm like oh he's gonna finally like reload for once and then he puts it down the barrel i'm like <laughs> he did not just do that, right? Just, just one bullet to refill the thirty-eight I just spent. Um, and also, like, how did Harris die? He shoots the window, and the glass flies back towards them. Oh, I didn't think he shot the window. I thought the window just broke on its own, and oh. then <laughs> I don't know, flew right to his face. I, I have to. I, I just reminds. I have to comment about something about that because just a few minutes before that, Liza crashes through a window. And blades of glass fall on top <laughs> of her. And I instantly thought, this is how, you know, a handful of people have died in Argento films. She, for a second, I thought she was really going to die. She was going to get impaled and all that pointy glass. No, she's fine. It's just like Three Stooges glass. It's three. It's it's sugar glass is what they made their, their glass out of. Oh, that's cool. Um, but, then, but then later on, that poor guy, he gets a, the, the, 
the door is like I know we're dealing with like entities or whatever. The door is mm-hmm. like twenty feet away, and it's like ah, the glass, the glass, <laughs> the goggles—they do nothing. It's a fucking life storm, like, and and also one hell of a work safe claim. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but all this hospital stuff was making me think of. Uh, I was curious if you've seen this, Sean. Uh, Let sleeping corpses lie, or uh, the living. Dead I have never seen. Yeah, Living Dead in Manchester Morgue. Sorry. <laughs> I have never seen that. I know a picture of it that freaked me out as a kid because I had the encyclopedia of horror movies that I would constantly pour over, like some people pour over the Bible. And I do remember a picture from that that freaked me out of a, uh, a corpse, you know, that had gone through an autopsy, walking, you know, obviously walking around. And it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I will definitely yeah bring that out at some point. We can watch and discuss it. Cause, yeah, it's one of my favorite, uh, yeah, uh, kind of Euro Euro zombie movies. Yeah, I was gonna say Italian, but it's actually not Italian; it's Spanish. But I always forget that because it feels like an Italian movie. But, hmm. but yeah, I don't know if I have too much more to say for for this. Uh, I was confused when Emily was in her own little house. Uh, I got mixed up with the hotel in her her place because i was like wow this hotel yes. is really clean and then it just turns out it was the place she was staying at. i was like oh okay like where, where was yeah Emma, emily had a lot of really nice you know tchotchkes lying around for a blind person <laughs> like i don't really think she, her house doesn't need to look that nice but it turns out it's not really it's probably it, you know she lived there a long time ago when it was abandoned and is that a thing what where else have i seen it where somebody has gone to a house and done or said some or you know done something with somebody and then later on they go back to the same house or somebody else goes back to the same house and it's completely abandoned like that i feel like i've seen that before yeah definitely i'm not sure where but yeah i feel like that's popped up in a couple different horror things hmm hmm but I do, uh, I should mention, I really love the first scene that we get of her run when they have her uh, just standing in the middle of the highway there on that little bridge. I thought that was a really cool yeah, shot. Yeah, that's a cool shot where, the, where he catches the car from like fucking a couple hundred feet away. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool shot. That was really fun. I, I did really enjoy that, even though it's not realistic at all. It's very surreal. Um, I could have sworn, I looked it up. Um, I could have sworn that they they filmed that on the Seven Mile Bridge in Key West, which is a bridge that actually looks like that. Hmm. And uh, the house where Emily lives, I thought it might be the Ernest Hemingway house in Key West, but it wasn't. Wishful thinking on my part. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah, and just because I'm still on Emily, I want to discuss the most baffling scene with her in it. I even re- repeated it and watched it again when I was watching this earlier, and I was like, what the hell just happened? Um, there's a weird scene. I-, I can't remember why Emily gets spooked. I think maybe... Oh, yeah, it's the scene when she touches the painting, her hands get cut. Yeah, and she runs and she out, She looks right? down. Yeah, she runs out. Yeah. And then our lead follows her, and then stops. And then the scene, like, repeats itself, like, six times over. And she's, like, looking and trying to... It was like she was trying to text something. But it's never clear what she was trying to detect, and it was just I didn't know why I repeated over and over again like that. I had a I, I had a theory about that. So when she runs out, and you'll probably remember this very clearly because yes, I guess repeated a lot, and it's pretty easy to paint it in your brain. Um, she kind of she kind of slightly dodges around that pole. Oh, 
And I think it was drawing attention to the fact that the, the, the protagonist is like, how the fuck did she do that? She's blind. She should have just fucking hilariously face-planted into that pole. <laughs> but she dodges it. And it, it's just like, and it, it seems to be setting up the, but she's blind. How did she do that kind of thing? I don't know. That's that's interesting. Yeah. You raise a point. I mm. did not like that scene. Uh, <laughs> it bothered me. It took me out of it. I mean, not that I was that deep into it anyway, but um, I thought that was a little pretentious. Sorry. It was weird. It was definitely weird. <laughs> it's a Somebody's in film school trying to show off. It's a trust your audience moment because like Shyamalan's bad at this too. Oh God, I'm so sorry I'm comparing this guy to Shyamalan so much. But it's like, it's like, you know, it's a, it's like, like typically a movie, when a movie throws you a hint like that, it should give you a little time to realize it, but trust that you're, that if it's, if it's profound enough, you'll catch it. That just feels like it was emphasized with like, like fucking four underlines, six question marks and still be, it's just, and like being circled so much it fell out of the fucking page. Like, like, and like, like once again, like, like Shyamalan, the sixth sense, the big twist at the end. It just like like the twist was sufficient for us to go holy shit for the whole movie, but no, he has to show you every single fucking scene where it happened, as if being like, "Remember, I did this kind of thing." Like, is it, I think it's a trust your audience moment. Yeah, I went with like okay, so there's the old rule of three of like you show something three times, but huh. instead it went six times. First, first we see her go out, then we see her go out again, repeating the the same action. I was like, okay, so there's a third one. And then it just went to her legs. And like you said, Johnny, it kind of like focuses in on the pole. Yeah. Like, what's he doing here? Like, why is he all of a sudden like cutting uh, the frame to like her legs and where we see the pooch? Like, is that mm -hmm. significant where the pooch is involved here? Like, I'm, I'm confused. So, no, I, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched that again and like he, first it replays her running out and then he focuses on the pole, just the pole for a solid couple seconds. And it's to draw attention to that, and then he she dodges it, and then, yeah, it shows. I guess her footwork on how she clearly went around it. Okay. That's, I, I, that's, that's all I could think of with this. No, 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 that's fair. That makes sense. Yeah, no, it's baffling. Yeah, I got, I gotta say, you know, I think I like this movie more now. Ooh, there we go. Three out of four. Let's go. Yeah, I, I would, I would give it a three and a half out of five. I was just thinking that I, you know, wow. I'm, and I'm watching it again as we're talking. And with the with the uh, the subtitles on, yeah, it's a little bit it's a little bit better. Yeah, I feel like this is a movie that benefits from repeat viewings because you kind of have to know that you're not getting a regular story movie. Otherwise, I feel like it'd just be frustrating because it's so nonsensical. Yeah, and I feel a similar way with Suspiria as well. Like if you went into Suspiria. Like it kind of tricks you for the first like maybe forty minutes and being like, oh, there's this mystery going on, there's this this plot, what what's going on? And then when you get to the end, it's like, oh fuck, like that didn't really make sense. Yeah, it's supposed to be supernatural, but wait, we saw somebody kill somebody, so it's not supernatural. But you're, you're saying, uh... yeah, it almost plays like it's a giallo, and then it turns into yeah weird supernatural stuff. So kind of confused visions. And I feel like, yeah, kind of knowing what you're getting makes it a lot better. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll somewhat agree with that because, I mean, the first, I mean, like, like I feel like watching it here, and a part of it is hearing, hearing everyone highlight the good parts and the and and stuff. 
I do like it more. I still think it's I still think it's kind of a mess, personally. That's fair. But like what but I, I definitely yeah, there, there's a lot to like. I just think the execution was it, it, it if I were to guess and I and I and I don't know how true this is, that this was the first time he tried something really this surreal, because there were there were a lot of elements of it in City of Living Dead too. But this feels like maybe a full on dive into the deep end. And maybe the kinks haven't quite been ironed out yet. That's th- th- that's my impression. No, we'd actually been experimenting with with it quite a bit. Hmm. But the, most of the time when he did it before, it had a clear kind of meaning that he was going for. This time he was just like, I want to do my surreal aesthetics, but fuck all that meaning bullshit. That's like either too much effort or just not what I'm looking to do this time. And that's, and that's fair. So like For the Apocalypse is a super surreal Western. And it's really cool. I made this one called The Psychic, which also has some of that stuff. And yeah, the last movie a little bit too. So he'd been he'd been treading in it for a while, but this is yeah, just like throw out logic, the movie. <laughs> yeah, it it just feels like it, because it, because like surreal films. I mentioned it before. They're they're cool when they feel like they're either lingering on some some weird kind of abstract thought or when they're more a stream of consciousness, right? Like, like that, that's the kind of flow you kind of get from them, which this it, plot hundred percent has it. It's, it has this weird kind of dreamlike flow to it, but it's broken up by the weird, like attempts at heavy surrealism. If I'm being generous there, like, you know, with the spiders and the glass and the, the person lying down and getting water poured on her face. Like it feels like it, it feels like it's like those kind of break that flow to me. Yeah. The, like the, the almost like the slasher moments where he just wants to stop the movie to break on a, a big kill scene. And if you watch it again, it won't break the moment for you because of course, you know, it's coming. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think this, yeah, this is worthy of a second watch, even though it's not that heavy on story. Yeah, if, if the Blu-ray had a bunch of extra features, I think I may buy it. And again, I I think the score really, really helps it. I think it's just some of Frizzy's best work. Mm. But even the sound design overall, like when I watched this earlier today, I watched it with headphones. And like when the spiders are <laughs> like creeping towards him, even though it goes on for way too long, they have this weird like sound effect of like their tiny little feet touching the ground. Mm-hmm. It's a chattering weird effect, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not what real tarantulas sound like. Yeah, and there's just a good soundscape in general. Chirping noises or anything like that. They treat them more like rats, almost, honestly. Like, they don't yeah. like many rodents. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't want to do rats. You wanted to do spiders, because I guess that's more scary. I don't know. I'm not really scared of tarantulas. Are you kidding me? Those tarantulas were so adorable and cute. Like, I yeah, I think they're cute. I to just go up and, like, <laughs> pet one. Yeah, a lot, of the, well, a lot of the fear factor from tarantulas comes from the fact that they're big. But like, but at the same time, they're also like fuzzy and, and kind of cute looking. So it's... they literally look like they're a rodent. Yeah, and knowing people who had tarantulas, I know that they have a pretty different demeanor than like a house spider. If it was a house spider, just a thousand house spiders chasing after him, I'd be like, "Oh fuck, turn this off." Well, you know, it wasn't an entire room filled with maggots this time. Yeah, that's fair. Oh yeah, the maggot room. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll see in the third one if he also brings in some sort of you know, animals or insects. It's kind of like uh, Indiana Jones. First you get snakes, then bugs, <laughs> then rats, then what was in the fourth one? There ants. was some ants. ants. Aliens! Oh, God. No, 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 it was ants. Even though the you're technically right, though. It was, it was technically 
uh, aliens, but no, it was ants. That poor yeah, because ants are so terrifying. Everyone was so scared of ants. Um, <laughs> sir, uh, speak for yourself. I don't like ants. Oh, really? Oh, I yeah. love it. Well, we, I, oh, no. I always wanted an ant farm as a Not kid. Not liking ants is totally fair, because if you, if you ever had like ants like in your kitchen or in your house, it fucking sucks. Okay, what about they get in from outside, but they come into your closet, and you put some pants and a t-shirt on, and you literally have ants yeah. in your pants. I still have scars from where they bit me because after they bite you, they itch. Fuck. Um, At least these ants do in Texas. And yeah. Oh man, that was horrible. That was horrible. I mean, it was like, "Ah, ah, ah." it was like the guy finding the horse head and the Godfather. (laughs) Like I really freaked out. So ever since then, I'm, uh, and this was like two years ago. Ever since then, I'm, I'm terrified of ants. Uh, Interesting. And I've got, uh, I got one ant story. Trust, it's not a horrific ant story. Oh yeah, golly, not a, no, we gotta no, keep no, you away from ant. fucking cat stories. You're not allowed to talk about that anymore. Oh no, golly, no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, one time I was, uh, me and my my partner were cooking some like kebabs or kebabs filled with uh, meat and uh, like uh, vegetables. And we're like, oh, they're a little bit too hot. Let's leave them on the oven to cool after we took them out. Went and sat down, watched the movie for like five minutes. And then when I came back, I noticed this trail of ants on the ground. And I was like, oh, there's some ants in our place again. When I went to go get the kebabs, they were just covered in ants. They were crawling all over them. The whole things were just covered. And I was like, holy fuck. (laughs) Dude, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? You just throw them back in the oven, roast them a bit longer, extra protein, dump it in more barbecue sauce, enjoy yeah, this. I, uh, it, was, it was a little too horrific. I I just threw them away. But. Can I share my my aunt story? <laughs> I know this is not topical. Um, mine is not my story. It's actually my former partner's story um, from many years ago when he was a little boy. Uh, his uncle had um, roosters or uh, hens, basically, and roosters had babies. So he gave him and his brothers each a uh, a chick. Well, these people, uh, not really knowing how to take care of chicks, oh kept them all three of them in a cardboard box. Mm. Uh, I don't know where they put them. I don't know if they put them on the porch or in the basement. But they went to bed, and then when they woke up in the morning, two of them were dead, covered with ants, and the third one was still alive, and it was just on its side, covered with ants, going, eh, oh. eh. This is the equivalent to the cat story. This is a horrible, horrible story, Elisha. I never want to envision this again because I totally can't envision it. Yeah. Uh, Oh, wow. All right. Well, we know what we're going to do in the third one where we have to once again bring up traumatic stories with animals involved. (laughs) Ants are assholes. Oh, let's hope there isn't another. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ants are intelligent. You must deal with them in intelligent means. Let's see. So, so last video was covering awful maggot stories. This one was oh, awful ant no. stories. What's going to be next? Hopefully, awfully awful caterpillar stories. I can't imagine any. So, it'd be I'd be fun at least. I want to say <laughs> snakes or rats, but I don't think they have the budget for it. Uh, I do have a, I do have a snake story. Unfortunately, that <laughs> oh, nice. Well, let's hope there's not a snake. Yeah. Oh, but uh, do we have anything else for we? Uh... Go to final thoughts. I feel like Sean already gave his mildly mm. with his uh, rating. But. Like in the first five minutes, I'm afraid. 
I, I'm sorry. I just sent a gush. Oh, good. That's fine. I uh, premature. There. <laughs> premature criticized. No, I've got more to say. It's okay. Uh, well, who do we, Johnny? Do you want to start with the final thoughts? Yeah, well, I alluded to it a little bit a few minutes ago as well. But just to recap, I mean, I I do think if you watch this movie more. You get, you get a lot more of appreciation for how it's styled. And maybe it's one of those things where it's like whenever you watch or listen to anything new, you kind of have to give it a bit and maybe listen to it a couple times or get, you know, watch it a couple times. And I feel, I feel like this, this is one of those things where you have to kind of get used to what it's saying and how it's saying it. I mean, that being said, I do think, I do think there are like enough issues or things I don't like about it that can make me confident. I, I think I say it's it's a good movie. It's it's a good movie, but it's not like a great one because like, I feel like I feel like there are, there are some some reaches for great surrealism that while the music can accomplish and the visuals can accomplish, it's the delivery it doesn't quite do it for me. But I can still see why you know I can see why everyone loves it. It's not awful. It's just kind of not my favorite. I'd say. I'd say you can't go wrong by watching it because even if you don't like it, it still it still has a lot to offer and it has some really cool stuff in it. So that's what I would say. Yeah. How about you, uh, Sean? Uh, I I have a dream, and that dream is that somehow I invent time travel, or I don't know, somebody else invents time travel, and I take one of the scripts from any one of the screen movies and give it to Lucio Fulci and see what he does with it. Because oh. man, do I love I love my gore, and I love the gore in this. It is so fun. Not funny. It's not quite funny, but it's fun. You know, um, uh, there were parts of it, especially the acid face scene. It harkened back to uh, the abominable Doctor Fives, where we get to see a lady getting her face eaten off by crickets <laughs> or, or lo- locusts or mm. whatever they were. Um, oh God, I've got lots of local stories. <laughs> did did not enjoy this the first time I saw it. Uh, gonna have another repeated viewing someday, hopefully. Um, I think that I would trim off the beginning with uh, the 1927 preamble with that guy getting crucified in the basement. Um, I, you know, I understand that it's important to have that because he sees into hell. He's, you know, he paints uh, what hell looks like later on at the end of the movie. Um, and I think I would have made the rest of it just a little bit longer. Uh, there will be a Sean Homrig's director's cut. I can't go into right now yeah, what, what it would be, but... It, it needed to be a little bit longer. This is a really short movie. I think, is it like 80 minutes Hour or 90 27. Minutes? Hour 27, about 90 minutes, yeah. It needed to be a little bit longer. Just add 10 minutes on there just for a little bit more exposition. Um, maybe a little bit more about Emily, even though as a character I find her tiring as a tropey kind of, you know, mm-hmm. the blind seer. Um there is a good story here, uh, and and also there were scares, <laughs> jump scares at least that were great. Specifically, thinking about when Joe the plumber gets it and the hand comes out. And, um, this is way better than uh, Zombie or Zombie Two or whatever you call it, which I always thought was, even though you know 
I mentioned this before, I think. You go to the store as a kid, the video store as a kid, and you see that cover for zombie, and it looks so gross and so cool. And then eventually when I got into zombies about 20 years ago, I, I rented every zombie movie. I rented that. Boring. Did I couldn't stand it. Oof, it was go back. <laughs> it was terrible, except for that part with the eye. Again with the eyes. Um I want to know a little bit more about uh, Martha and Arthur. Um, <laughs> I they came with the house. Okay, I get that, but why haven't them? You know, they know, right? Because it seems like she's intent on killing Joe the plumber the second she comes on the screen. I've made a path for Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that. Too. You know, it, it's like I think she played that wrong i think she should have been a little bit more sympathetic and i think that arthur should have been i don't know less of an idiot i don't i don't know those characters were played wrong Um, (laughs) definitely weird didn't have any problem with the protagonist and the and the doctor they they were totally cool just don't get why uh you know what oh they there's the entrance to hell let's go no you don't do that don't go to hell people spend their whole lives trying not to go to hell <laughs> you just you just not like oh let's we gotta check it out you know trust me if i could like take a shot and i could go to hell for like five minutes and then be like let's go i would totally do it but not not no no i'm also really curious i don't know if you guys know this if he planned to make even more uh, movies with gateways to hell because we we find out in this and I th- I think the original American release for this was called Seven Doors to Hell. Yeah, Seven Doors of uh, Death. That's my old DVD. Just Seven Doors of Death. Okay, uh, that's kind of unfair because there's only one here. Um, <laughs> although there's certainly more than seven deaths, but uh, yeah, I. Mm, I got to revisit this. I mean, like I said, I've been watching it while we were, were talking and I've watching it and mute and I see some good things, but uh, yeah, I'll pass to the next witness. Yeah. Mr. Isaac, what do you got for me? Uh, the original ending for the movie featured the beyond uh, featured the beyond being a great amusement park where everybody who had died was enjoying themselves, having fun being dead. This idea was deemed ah. too expensive to shoot on the scale Fulci wanted so the ending in the film was clawed together late in the game. Huh. Well, that changes things potentially. Uh, I, as as the ending approached, uh, I was still kind of th- thinking back to like City of the Living Dead, thinking like, are is this a downer ending or is this gonna are they gonna like somehow and end zombie two as well? Uh, or are they gonna make it mm. out alive somehow? No, they end up to they, they end up in hell, and they get wafer fi- uh, eyes. And as soon as I realized that, I was like, okay, I understand this movie now. I've seen House and Tetsuo the Iron Man. I get it. It's, it's, <laughs> it makes sense. Um, so I was like, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I enjoy this. And I do enjoy the ending where, okay, as absurd as it is, like, hey, let's go to hell. If it was like they had to keep running from zombies uh, and they had, like, you know, a choice but to go forward, it's like, oh, okay, fair enough. That makes sense. And then, like, they get into the painting and every time they turn back, they think like, "Oh, we can get, we can get out." No, it's just like the same, like everywhere. I forget what that term is called, but like, every, you're in this same place everywhere. And again, they just disappear at the end. It's like, you know what? No, this makes sense. This, 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 this makes perfect sense. 
uh, very light on story. I think it actually should have been way more intense um, <laughs> than yeah, what yeah. we already had. Because um, if he was really wanting to go like super, super I think he should have gone all out uh, with how mm-hmm. like nonsensical it was. Um, mm, yeah, like, good, good call. Like we're talking in, instead of like more ten minutes, like we should have seen like blood coming from the house, like just the most nut like nonsense stuff you'd ever see in a film. Like I know this was a video nasties uh, in my research, but like oh, this should have this should have been way more over the net. I don't know over the top, but like certainly <laughs> way more like that. I mean, the the child getting shot in the head was like one thing, but no, nah, we should have had like more than just that. I'm not saying like we need assault scenes. Like that's that is not oh, what this film needs. Yeah. But like we need more blood, like a river of blood from say The Shining. Like we need we need something like that. Which by the way. I, didn't even realize we didn't even make I, I i i missed the reference on that which is hilarious other reference but i could have made a reference to the shining in that in that scene but whatever yeah i'll say the scene when uh emily gets her neck bitten out by the dog and it's just gushing for like like 30 seconds with full yeah. <laughs> focus on it i mean there's your little river of blood but <laughs> yeah i guess so. and then the, and the, the dog ends insult to injury by biting off her ear yeah. like dude you didn't have to do that <laughs> And she's just shrieking. You know, I will say that that follows. I, I forgot to say this. That follows what I think is arguably, to me, actually the most surreal scene in the whole fucking movie. Because like she's sitting there and she's in like you know the demons start appearing around her and she's freaking out and the dogs beside her and she's like get him like 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 Dickie or whatever his yeah. name is <laughs> and you see the dog jump at the demon and actually take him down. Wow. First of all, just kind of like. It's like, like, you know, I'm used to so many horror movies where, where where the dog would either, like, you know, get get killed by the ghost's presence or jump right through the ghost. But no, he just fucking takes him the fuck down. This is like, I was so not expecting that. She just keeps screaming over and over. Get him, Dickie, get him. And it's like, oh, I, he got him. I, I mean, fuck him. All right, cool. That scene, by the way, where uh, there there's like four or five of them standing in her living room. Or I'm sorry, drawing room or parlor or lounge. <laughs> parlor. Blind person room. And she's, yeah. And she's saying, no, I don't want to go back. Very, it, it was very evocative for me now that I think about it of Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, that happened in, in, in that movie. Yeah, I can see that. I'm uh, just saying it. Yeah. But so what I'm saying is basically the beyond copied Hellraiser. It's just a joke. That's a joke. I'm sorry. Did we get a release date for Hellraiser one. <laughs> it's it's after this. Okay. Was it like eighty nine or something? Maybe early nineties. But yeah. I guess my final thing I'll say on it is that uh, I would recommend it for everybody. I would also state that you should go and watch it more than once uh, to really sink your teeth into it and, and pay attention to a lot of it as well. Because again, it's. It's as as our, uh, these gentlemen have said. It's about the atmosphere and the mood. So take in both like the scenes and um, the the music as well. Um, so Caleb, final thoughts on the Beyond. Okay, final thoughts on this one. Um, for me, I've always felt like this was kind of the maybe not perfect, but for me, feels perfect uh, desolation of everything that I really love about uh, Fulci's horror films. Um, for one, his eye obsession is just completely unchained in this. Like, it is way over the top, but I love it. 
even when it's not extreme violence to eyes, he's just constantly focusing in on like the blind chick's eyes and our lead. I think that all that stuff is super cool. Um, his penchant for showing extreme gore is at an all-time high, and it works brilliantly, I think. Fabio Frizzi's music kicks ass. Um, I think uh, Fulci's kind of great filmmaking in terms of the look of it really works here and kind of works to hold up the fairly incoherent plot. But even the plot itself, I feel like almost works in some sort of dream logic kind of way. Um, so, so, so it works enough for me, even though it, it really doesn't make much mm. sense. Um, and all and all of that screams Fulci to me, and, and all of it just just really kind of taps into what I really love about his his movies. Um, but I totally get why people who aren't kind of inundated inundated fuck I can't talk <laughs> <laughs> inundated. Thank you. Inundated into his style, I could see why it would not necessarily go for their taste uh, on a first viewing. But for me, I I just love coming back to it. So, so there you go. Hmm. Fair. And like I think I think there's a lot to be said too about about um, going into a movie blind versus knowing who the director is and what his style is. Like I feel like I feel like just your own expectation is just so huge, and it mm-hmm. makes it really a lot harder for these kind of movies. Yeah, that's fair. You know, like 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 the, uh, that's not a flaw, but just like it's an observation that like 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 thinking, visualizing what you're gonna go in and having a hope for something on the way in. And then not getting that is always going to ha- make you be a bit more negative, right? Yeah. So so it takes another watching or usually another viewing or two or another experience for you to be able to kind of shirk that off and watch it for what it is. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, for any fans of Phantasm, I always felt like this pairs up really well. It's kind of a more gory uh, double bill. You know, I, I feel like these two live in their own kind of dream logic space. And I think they they work really well together, and both have a fantastic score. So, but I, I feel like that's uh, we've come to the end here. Uh, thanks again, Johnny, Sean, and Isaac for uh, for watching this one with me. For you, Isaac, I've wanted you to see this for for ages. So we're happy to finally have watched with you. Forgot about hey. that. Always happy to get the invite. Yep, glad that we watched this horror film. Uh, thank you, Sean, again for coming on this commentary. It was awesome, and we have one more to go. Yes, I thank you very much for having me. Yeah, and Isaac, do you have any uh, final words for us? So, when everybody gets their eyes gouged out, is that covered in their medical bills? Or their medical coverage? Peace. medical coverage peace um yeah only if it happens at work oh
Well, this is off hours, so I guess not. Man, that sucks. Yeah, most policies say if you lose an eye, you get X days off. So uh, if Joe the Plumber had... Well, no, he's an independent contractor, so I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I, I don't know what his... Yeah, whatever his uh, pension or his medical plan covers, that's, that's up to him, really, so... Well, it, well, yeah, I guess it depends on whether or not his medical plan covers after being dead. <laughs> that's the life insurance policy. I don't know about. I don't know about that. You know, you know, that's a very good question. Are there any life insurance policies out there that cover you after death? Life insurance for your like, like, like you know, like like you know, just like like you know, a zombie clause or something. Like, <laughs> I feel like this is a bit in Cabin in the Woods where they have something like that. Your uh, uh, Shaun of the Dead. Shiny Dead sequel, they got yeah coverage for that. Oh, did you know? I don't know if there, uh, if any of you do uh, collect Criterion Collection films. Uh, Criterion Collection is bringing out Cabin in the Woods, which is so awesome. I love that that mm. they, they are acknowledging a movie like that. That feels so recent, yet I know that other, some films like of this like past two decades are Criterions. That I'm just surprised by that. Mm. Yeah. I have had whiskey that was aged in red wine ba- barrels. How was that? I didn't like it. Um, really? Yeah. I I mean, it was Johnny Walker, and like mm. I drink Johnny Walker like water sometimes. And <laughs> oh golly! The, the uh, <laughs> it, it just tasted too off to me. It tasted a little bit sus. Problem with Johnny Walker is that is that the um, while the black, green, and blue are Great, especially the the blue is fucking incredible, mm-hmm. but the red is not really good alcohol at all, in my opinion, honestly. So if it, if they'd use the Johnny Walker red as a base for that, maybe that's why. Mm. Mm. Right? Like maybe that's uh, that's what I'm thinking anyway. I was a, at a party recently where uh, this boss ordered a, a glass of Johnny Walker. Well, not a glass, rock mm. glass of Johnny Walker blue. And she put mm. she put ice in it, and I almost had a heart attack. And I'm like, no! What? You know what? Could you do this? One of my most controversial opinions to a lot of people is I don't like drinks with with, with ice on the rocks. Me neither. Neither do I. I, I think it. Uh... Okay, well that's unanimously not controversial in this group. <laughs> I didn't expect that at all. Yeah. <laughs> it just waters down the drink. I've yeah. had like. Johnny Walker straight, and then like I've had a sip of Johnny Walker with water, it made me want to throw up. Like it just tasted mm. gross to me. Like mm. water actually changed it so much that I yeah. The best thing like like we got my dad these whiskey stones and like they're like actual like they're like they're like six sided die. Mm-hmm. You throw them in the freezer and you put them in your in your uh, whiskey sorry your scotch. They cool it down. They don't add anything to it. It's perfect. That's cool. And they're like, they're like six bucks. Great investment. Hmm. And they're like literally like marble or like stone or whatever the hell they are. So they last forever. Did so you, you just... like find them at a liquor store? Perhaps. And like a very specialty one. Like an everything wine maybe because they have a lot of weird shit in there, right? Uh, yeah, they do. <laughs> if, you go to that, if you go to the spirits aisle. Anyway, um, away from alcohol for a minute. Yeah. I mean, not for, you know, it's very short minute. Yes, of course. Why is the bottom of my glass empty? I need more. Well, should I should I start her up, or were you mm-hmm. segueing yeah, somewhere else? We're gonna have to talk about this movie eventually. 
Sure. Yeah, I guess I'll start her up. 